This week's major spoilers podcast is brought to you by Bryn Gaffin, George Chimplus, that's a good name, Pierce Richards, Sim Lee Schwan, I hope I got that right, Timothy Kelly, I know I got that right, Aaron Matner, half of that name is mine, so I may have gotten it right, Christopher Daly, Robert Love, oh good lord, I'm going to start again, Robert Lavialle, le, le, Ethan Guberman, <laughs> be nice, and, and, I'm not laughing at that, I'm just laughing at the way I said Guberman. My voice cracked. I sounded like Zach. And by the way, You're it's welcome. good to be back. And this one goes out to all of you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. And you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. Before we reach the heart of the matter, I'd like to first respond to my colleague's remarks regarding Bloom County last week. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You didn't read it. You didn't read it. You didn't read it. This issue, the doctor's in the wild, the lion of Samaria's in love, and Zach is in the job market. This issue features thrills, chills, spills, and 25% more host, or 45% more if you go by volume. And for the purposes of that joke, it doesn't even matter how you define volume. So let's start running, running, and running, running, because it's time to get this party started. It's time to play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fights. It's the last day of the first of your life. The Major Spoilers podcast is over the river and through the woods, on the wire, in the paint, upside your head, and up your street. But most of all, the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air! Welcome to issue 519 of the Major Spoilers podcast. Oh. I'm going to just buy that book that Matthew has, the book of, of half sayings, and string them all together. Okay. And I, too, can. Okay, first of all, my brain is not for yeah. sale. And second of all... I was going to say, that's all in there, man. <laughs> man it's, this, is, this is the way that I talk. This, is, this has been the way that I talk. And more importantly... I didn't get to do this last week, so I have all of these. He's, got, up. he's got two opens. He's all backed up. Hey, welcome. <laughs> Rodrigo is finally back at uh, Major Spoilers HQ this week. Yep. So wow. no, uh, no uh, hum of the air conditioner, no shambling mm-hmm. zombies outside your, your door in the middle of the night. Well, they're hey, still there. No, I'm they? just not there with them. Oh, okay. And, and, you know, I've been to that town. The zombies are actually the young ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. A little bit later on, we will be talking about Peanuts, the first basically two years, <laughs> 1950 to 1952. I but first, let us get to some news. <laughs> Turns out the name of the Doctor was released a little bit earlier than planned. DC cancels even more titles. And Big Hero 6 is announced as the animated feature from Disney. Spin that Wheel of Destiny and see where we land. <laughs> Big Hero 6, Battle H for a Hero. Oh, Doctor Who. So the last, uh, we're in the second part of Season 7 of the new... The second part of Season 7 or the first part of Season 7? No, it's Part 2. Part 2. Part 2 of Season 7, yeah. And So so, the first part of Season 7 was the end of the Rory and the Amy? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, the final episode airs this weekend, depending on when you're listening. That would be May 18th, 2013. And then right after that, presumably, you can start buying the DVDs. In fact, you could pre-order the DVDs. That includes all of the episodes from this uh, second part of the season. You could order those now. And guess what? There was apparently a snafu in the United States, and Amazon (gasps) mailed out about a 1,000 copies of that DVD. So the big news this week 
is that the name of the doctor is out there in the wild and everybody's having a little bit of a freak out. On the mm-hmm. one hand, uh, some people are like, well, I got my DVDs early and sure enough, that last episode is pretty awesome. And we kind of <laughs> got some one person posted a little synopsis of what goes on and how the doctor's name has to be revealed. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with the TARDIS. Well, of course. But his name is Tardis. His name is Johnny Tardis. His name is Johnny Tardis. <laughs> Johnny Tardis. <laughs> Johnny Tardis. Mama, I'm Mama which, which, by the way, if the, if if Doctor Who had been created in the United States, that would have been his name. <laughs> Johnny Tardis. Like, around Johnny the same Tardis. time, too. I I personally think that his name is Doctor Wu, and people have just been mispronouncing yeah. it all this time. So. <laughs> No, um, seriously, I have, I, I literally met someone named Doctor Who once. I had a professor Doctor Who once? Well. <laughs> <laughs> a Chinese professor of algebra. Mm-hmm. The man was brilliant. Wonderful, wonderful teacher. The problem was his grasp of English was perfect. His accent was incredibly thick. Yeah, so yeah. people are like, I don't understand him. I'm like, I understand him just fine. He's, he's great. He knows what he's talking about. They're like, I can't understand him. He's Doctor Who, man. He's from the future. There you go. So... The BBC has been trying to, I mean, they've been policing the torrent sites and getting things taken down. Even some of the pirates are policing their own sites and taking down torrents, which people have uh, posted fake final episodes full of viruses. And uh, BBC uh, Moffat has even said, hey, look, if nobody releases the name of the doctor before Saturday, before this episode airs, we'll post some exclusive stuff featuring Matt Smith and uh, and, um, David Tennant. Tennant. Uh, which is part of the 50th anniversary episode, and you guys will get that as a reward for not spoiling it. And so far, I spent, meh, I didn't go into depth. I'm sure I could have found it if I really, really wanted to. Apparently, uh, the Gallifrey website has it in there, but you have to register, and it takes a couple of days. Yeah, Yeah, it takes a couple of days for your membership to clear. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never wanted to join Outpost Gallifrey because they always want my email address and my phone number and my credit card information. Name of my ex-wife. Interesting, and all that, and it all has to be in Gallifrey. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't even speak Gallifreyan because, well, I'm not that big of a nerd. What I find interesting is in the first part of the uh, description of this final episode is that great intelligence kidnaps the Doctor's friends, including River Song, Rodrigo's favorite person. Yeah, and they have Yay! to go to the, and they have to go to the graveyard planet, and that's where a lot of this uh, episode happens. Uh, that is not unlike what we're seeing in Doctor Who: Prisoners of Time, where Throughout time, the doctor's companions are being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm hoping that that's how the two kind of tie together, since this is a 50th anniversary series that uh, IDW is putting out. But I don't more think importantly, they do. no, probably not, because they've got 12 issues to go, and Doctor Who actually ends this Saturday. So they've got six issues to go. Oh, yeah. And the, the series finale, the season finale is this week, but the 50th anniversary right, is, is November. Yeah. Um, the big question, though, is mm-hmm. is this a big deal? To find out the name of the doctor early, Rodrigo, this uh, we actually had a, a question of the day this week saying, do you actively want to be spoiled on these kinds of things? Right. Or I does think, it matter? I think that it depends on how it plays out. Uh, for example, I went to see Iron Man 3 this weekend. Mm-hmm. And is Whiplash in it? No, that was the last one. Oh crap! I'm I'm a movie behind. Yeah, you're you're one you're one whole movie behind, dude. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Crimson Whiplash was the last one. Oh, he's um, awesome. And um, 
so you know we were talking about it before the movie and you know in the in the um trailers it's like oh like pepper Potts puts on the armor that's crazy times but like mm-hmm. that happens within the first 20 minutes of the movie right yeah. right so it's like that turned out to not actually be a spoiler mm-hmm. so it's like if you walk in and they're like the name of the doctor is frank and then, like, the whole rest of the episode is just kind of, like, parsing it all out and why that's relevant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then knowing the name of the Doctor will actually not be that big of a spoiler. Right. If, like, the last thing that happens before we smash cut to black is the name of the Doctor, then that'll be a huge I it, spoiler. I think it happens midway through. Right. So, midway through, not a big deal, or... I don't know. It it just depends how big of a plot point it is. I Did mean, watch, obviously, uh, we're watching uh, a show that's written um, by um, the, whose whose showrunner is just crazy about building this huge amount of, mo- of 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 momentum mm-hmm. about you know phrases or events or anything like that. We've been building up to the moment where we find out um, that Doctor, whose name is Chris. From the from halfway through the last season, he took over as showrunner. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. What about you, Zach? Do spoilers like this? Is this something that you want to actively go out and seek? Does it matter if his name is released early ahead of time? Um, Well, specifically to me, it doesn't matter a whole lot because I don't watch the Who. So, but in spoilers in general, you don't like Magic Bus. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) see Uh, me. On the magic bus. Feel me. But. <laughs> Fight me. He'll get Zach on me. He'll, he'll get there. He's, Zach is also moved, traveling back in time through uh, uh, in music as well. So he'll, he'll get, get to there. the Who eventually. Dude, when you get yeah. to Tommy, oh, it'll blow your mind holes. Wow, all of them? Yes, because yeah, both that of them. blind, deaf, and dumb kid sure plays a mean pinball. That's right. But the real secret is how he went. He's not blind, really blind. Deaf and dumb. You want to know? Is it drugs? No. Are you sure it's generally drugs? No. Oh. Not back then it was. <laughs> back then that's what gave you superpowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know nothing about the who, man. Ask me, Steven. Matthew, do you know uh, do you know why uh, that blind, deaf and dumb kid uh, can play a mean no, pinball? The other question. Oh, dummy. why he got blind? Deaf and dumb? No, that's oh. the actual discussion point. Oh, well, Zach, answer the question, maybe not related to Doctor Who, then. Uh, for spoilers what, what in if, general. What if, what if, uh, what if uh, you got your new Mumford and Sons? <laughs> what? Uh, a new, uh, you know, Spoiling like, uh, music is difficult. <laughs> six months early. What if you got it six months early? Well, then I would be excited and I'd rub it in everyone's face. That's a little different, though. How so? Yeah. Well, because no one's I'll revealing the name of all the sandwiches. Mumford brothers because one, they're not brothers, and two, that's you can find that on the internet. But what if what if no one's listed uh, listed the uh, the the track names, the track titles, and you have that? Do you post that and share that then? Because that could be a sure. big spoiler for people. Well, I doubt it, especially if this is their their Tommy. <laughs> this is a horrible analogy. No, it's not. I feel like it's pretty bad. <laughs> analogy, Zach. You just don't understand. It. This is a beautiful analogy. Okay, and I be- don't side with Stephen very often. Okay, if it was something like oh, Superman movie, and everyone in the movie dies, which would be a great ending. Well, look at the you know one of the uh, sets that I revealed a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the title of the set is Smallville destruction or something right. like that 
Yeah. That seems to be a kind of a big no, spoiler for what's going to happen in Le- the movie. And Leo's been bad at that lately. But spoilers in general, I don't want to find out most of the time because then it ruins <laughs> some of it. But just from being on the internet most of the day, I find them out anyways. But do you actively go out and find them or you stumble across them and go, ah, ah, ah. Uh, I stumble across them and then I read them. Oh, so you act, so then it doesn't bother you then? No. Nah. So I mean, for example, our discussion know. last week about the Manchurian. Or not the Manchurian, uh, Maltese the, 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 the Mandarin from Iron Man 3. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's an entirely different Mandarin. Did that reveal, did you know ahead of time that that was the big reveal? No. Because I did, and it didn't ruin it for me. Oh, you knew that one? Yeah, I knew No, that. I didn't know that one. Yeah, okay. I knew that one, and I haven't even seen the movie. All right. Well, listeners, if you want to comment on this. Uh, hey, what? hey. Huh? Hey. <laughs> what? It's a four-man panel this week. Oh, it is? Oh. Yes. Okay. Well, Come let's, over uh, here and talk to Raphael for a second. Let's let's take a We've look. We've already at the big, had the Michelangelo perspective. <laughs> let's take a look at things. the big uh, uh, wood paneling over there, Matthew. Hi. Does uh, does does it matter? <laughs> does it matter that uh, the name is out there early? It does and it doesn't because I feel like having been a part of nerd culture, well, from from the very early internet and the records comics days. When it comes to spoilers, the real fun of spoilers seems to be the power of having the spoiler. Right. So these guys have the power to tell you a week in advance. Now, if you don't want that power, then no, it doesn't matter. And if you don't need to know, then it doesn't matter. The times that it does matter is if you don't want to know and they insist on telling you anyway or – if you're actively trying to avoid spoilers, which I actually had a discussion with myself when I, when I heard about the name of the doctor being out there was, do I want to know? Because I had just seen Nightmare in, in uh, Scarlet, which... Silver? No. Not yeah, Nightmare in Silver and then the Crimson Horror. Oh, okay. I saw the Crimson Horror and I'm like, this is the best episode of the season so far. This may be the best 11th Doctor episode. It actually probably. was a pretty good episode, and I think, it, and, I think it's better than the, um, the Cyberman one written by Neil Gaiman, which I know well, a lot of this, people are going to come out was, about that. But I loved it because Diana Rigg was just leaving no scenery unchewed. Oh, but sure, sure. Then we got to Nightmare in Silver, and it had awesomeness too. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is going to lead me into next week's episode. Do I need to know about it a week early? Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to have time to sit down for an hour and watch a show until Saturday anyway. So if I were to go spoiler it, it would be one of those things where I look it up and somebody says, like, this happens to me a lot on TV tropes, where they have, I turn off the spoilers automatically. I turn off the safe search on my computer, too. It's just a thing that I do. Yeah, right. So be, <laughs> yeah, I do. I'll be, I'll be reading something and I'll be like, la di da di do. Oh, wait, that was spoilered. And part of me is like, oh. I wonder if that's going to affect my appreciation of what happens. And what I find happens is I get stuck up in my own head and my brain is processing the foreknowledge that I have and saying, when is this shoe going to drop? So for me, I right now would rather not know this spoiler in advance because the last two episodes have been a pretty enjoyable experience for me after a very frustrating and rocky season. So I'm hoping that this is, you know, this is like the big cherry on top of the Sunday that makes me forget the horror that was that thing, you know, that episode that was only awesome because we finally saw an ice warrior out of its armor. Yeah. And of course, David Warner talking about Ultra Fox. <laughs> I guess that was fun, too. I guess for me, it's if I want to be spoiled, then it's then it's up to me to be spoiled or not. 
And if people exactly. want to spoil it, it doesn't really matter to me because I can choose to ignore. Or even if I do read, I can also choose to forget, which is pretty easy for me to do. Because I'll just like, oh, okay, the Mandarin is blah, blah, blah. And I go into the theater knowing it in the back of my mind so that when I get up to that buildup, yeah, it's an enjoyable reveal of, oh, that's how they did it. Right. As opposed right. to, you know, a million other ways they could have done it. So with the doctor, you know, the way that it's described, he has to use his name in order to do something. And when I when I went to see Avengers, I knew what happened in the post credits, both of the post credit sequences. Right. But I didn't know what happened. At that, that moment after Mark Ruffalo comes up in the bicycle and someone says, what's your secret? Yeah, yeah. That, to me, that, had someone revealed that to me beforehand, I would have been highly pissed. Do, do you think that That's there's a moratorium a for um, spoilers? Or, again, is that upon, put upon you, the I person, a, the consumer of the product? As a good corporate citizen, and I don't want to say corporate, a good internet citizen, when I have the option in my work at Major Spoilers of spoilering or not spoilering, it really comes down to whether I feel like the spoiler will ruin the effect of what you're reading. There are times at Major Spoilers when I will say, you know, for instance, Sharon Carter shot Captain America. What? Spoiler alert. That was six years ago. And we did it on the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it comes to a television show, anything previous to this season, I do not feel the need to embargo. During season five of 24, I made a remark in something I wrote that spoilered the last episode of season one of 24. And one of my friends was like, spoilers. I'm like, dude, that's five years old. Yeah. That so is, is there a is there a limit then? Rodrigo, should there be a time limit on spoilers or not? I think that I, I think. I'm I'm kind of with Matthew on this one that if it's like uh, something huge that's really going to spoil things, even if it's uh, you know twenty years since something came out, I might just not say it. Mm. Um, I think there are certain things, certain movies like um, oh what is it? Titanic, Citizen Kane. Yeah, the ship sinks. Uh, obviously, obviously in Titanic, yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, stuff like Citizen Kane, where like that big reveal has become such a huge thing, right? That there's no way that anybody could possibly like that you could possibly spoil that for somebody, or like this, the Sixth Sense. Is what but I even was then, it's it's out of context too, because if you right, just say right. Rosebud is the sled, right? <gasps> people are gonna people are gonna go. I don't I don't understand what that means. You know, it's interesting. And because then so I, if you do sit down and watch Citizen Kane. You may briefly see it at the beginning of the I mean, film, but you yeah. don't see it until the end when then it makes sense. It's like, oh, Rosebud's the sled. There is some stuff like that. Um, I watched the – do you guys ever watch um, How It Should Have Ended on YouTube? It's oh, like yeah, an that animated thing yeah. where it just, like, just mm-hmm. makes fun of movies basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the Hunger Games one before I saw the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. Then I watched the Hunger Games. And then I went back and watched it, and I was like, I don't remember any of this. Because when I saw it, like, and there are huge spoilers in it. (laughs) Um, But it was all out of context. And I didn't know at what times they were joking. Mm -hmm. And that that didn't actually happen in the movie. And what times they were like, yeah, this totally happened. So it's like, I didn't remember a single thing about it. Because I didn't have the context So you're like me, it's out of context, so you don't Yeah, it's it's harder (laughs) to focus. I mean, and sometimes you're like, okay, 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 I know... Somebody told me that this person turns out to be the bad guy, and then you're like looking for things and stuff. But that kind of, yeah. in and of itself, makes it fun. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. if you can go in already knowing something and piece it all together. So, in, in so let me just ask you this, and this could be a spoiler for people, so close your ears for 10 seconds starting now. Robert Redford has said in his upcoming uh, Captain America Winter Soldier that it's going to be f- fun to play a villain. Mm-hmm. He's also been cast as the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So, is that a big deal? Um... Yes, I would be probably surp- I would be surprised, you know, he's been doing this a long time. I would be surprised if it wasn't like, you know, it's like, hello, Captain America, I'm the head of shield. And then like five minutes later, he's like, you know, like it's probably not going to <laughs> yeah. be that big of a spoiler. You know, we get a lot of flack on the site for because of the name of the site. There's uh-huh. a there's one of the major publishers that is just like, well, we still just don't like the name of your site. We think that it causes a lot of problems with a lot of our people that. May mm-hmm. want to come and talk to you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. That's the name of the site because for a number of different reasons. Right. But one of them, it is a big thing when people are looking for news and information about topic X. Right. So if people are actively looking for topic X, and I guarantee you our highest day in the past week was Monday when we had that story up that said Doctors Who, Doctor Who's name is revealed early. Mm-hmm. Most read story on the site. It bumped all the pornography uh, adult film stories. <laughs> yeah, which, is, which is saying it's something. It's a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal. So, um, yeah, I can understand, I guess, everybody's quandary about, well, what do we reveal? What do we don't reveal? And to be honest, if we're going to reveal something that's a major spoiler, we let people know ahead of time. Yep, right? right. The other thing is we also know when to self-edit and when not to ruin the experience for people because right. our second highest read story this week was our uh, review of star trek into darkness which mm. has already been released in in the uk and uh, cat halo right wrote the review and of course everybody wants to read it and of course he was very smart in talking about overall concepts and ideas without getting into the nitty-gritty of cumberbach did this and then mm. kirk did this mm-hmm. and oh by the way guess who died at the end you know he doesn't do that kind of stuff Everyone. but still gives you shut up Zach. <laughs> sorry nobody <laughs> <Damn it>. who, <laughs> dies yeah. who dies at the end of into darkness the entire cast of Superman, <laughs> the entire cast of Man of Steel. Of course, then there's that movie John dies at the end, which right. Well, like you guys, you guys have seen Rango, right? Oh, major spoilers Rango. for Rango. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, Quentin the, Tarantino the, the, thing, the right? lizard yeah. Rango Unchained. No, that's the that's no, that's coming Dad. out next year. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Um, they tell you at the beginning that this is the story of how he dies, and then he doesn't die at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, in 2010, though, I did a retro review of a 25-year-old book. Well, that's why I asked. Where I, a... tr- I specifically went out of my way not and actually edited the piece, edited the, the, the images that I showed so as not to give away the super awesome spoilery ending because... That Reagan was appreci- a clone. Yeah, Reagan was a clone. Appreciation of the book. By the way, there was a book that ended with that revelation. I know. Okay. But in any case, <laughs> this particular book reads better with you not knowing it and i didn't do it and i said i'm not going to do it and people are well you're stupid why are you doing it? i'm like because i'm taller than you well to be honest a because lot of people go to certain wikipedia pages and go to sites like ours mm-hmm. specifically so they don't have to engage in the product so they don't have to buy the product mm-hmm. yeah. so that you know oh i don't have to buy and that would kind of always bothered me when people would write in and say, oh, well, I don't have to buy comics because I just yeah. read it. I Thanks for spoilers. reviewing this so I don't have to read it. Well, well even on the good stuff, even on the, even on the good stuff, they're like, oh, I don't have to buy every issue of Wolverine because major spoilers are reviewing it and that's I can get everything. And that bothers me because we do want you to be consumers of the product, mm-hmm. even if you are someone who um, 
get spoiled or who's there just to gather the information. Wikipedia is the same way. You can go in and find out, you know, an hour after something's been revealed, you can go over the wiki page and find Mm -hmm. all that stuff out. Or sometimes before. Yeah, for example, the Legion of Superheroes getting canceled. Yeah, the Legion of Superheroes cancellation. uh, I had heard about it twice when you sent me the thing. Yeah, I know it had already been out because DC had put up their solicitations throughout the day. No one had yet linked to the solicits. And the first thing I saw was uh, the Mark Wade tweet. Yeah, yeah. Which, oh, that's a heartbreaker. Uh, you know, and like accidental accidental spoilers happen all the time. You know, the Black mm-hmm. Lantern reveals mm-hmm. yeah. the um, the Lego sets. You know, right. where it's like, oh, here's a new Avengers thing. It's right. Hawkeye and uh, Bruce Banner's wedding, and you're like, no, yeah. ending spoiled. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the the lizard with five arms and a dead Mary Jane. Yeah. So for more, oh, uh, so too. so for more thoughts and uh, your thoughts on spoilers head over to major spoilers you can post your comments either in the show notes for this podcast episode major spoilers episode number 519 you can go into the question of the day uh that matthew posted uh, this past last when was it monday monday, monday this yeah. week um and then you could also go and uh, check out the uh, the doctor who story which is linked in the show notes here and you can comment there if you want as well so lots of places right. to share your thoughts or you can even head over to the major spoilers forums we do have those you can start a thread uh, all those kinds mm-hmm. of things um over there in the forums uh we want to give a quick shout out i want to give a special shout out this week shout to out. our two dollar a month subscribers Yay, you know, we are crea- we are creating a members only site for that contains some bonus content for our five and ten dollar a month subscribers, we'll also throw some stuff in there for our two dollar a month subscribers. But the two dollar a month subscribers, guess what? You can see your dollars being put to work right now because you're listening to this podcast and you're Hello. over there at the Major Spoilers website. Because of you, we're able to pay for our server cost for this episode to be hosted, so you can download. We are paying for some of the code that's being run in the background that we ha- we had to pay people to uh, tweak and modify for us. That's what your two dollars a month is going to. So I want to thank you for making. What you're doing right now lifts our boat. You know, it, yeah. it, it, uh, it helps us out. It makes sure that we can continue on. And I want to thank those people, especially this week, for their $2 a month contributions. And if you want to become a subscriber, if you want to get in at the 2 or the 5 or the $10 a month the subscription level, just head over to Majorspoilers.com. We thank you for that. We are actually recording something this weekend for our <laughs> 5 and $10 a month the subscribers. So very exciting right there. All right. Um, do-do-do-do-do. A lot of talk there. Let's get to some reviews. Do-do-do-do. Nah, crap. Hang on. Three, two, one. Review. So, out. Man, this week we've got all books that are coming out either this week or next week. No wow. old books being reviewed this week. Hello, future comics. So why don't we start out with books that are coming out this week, May 15th, 2013, and start with Matthew with It Girl and the Atomics number 10 from Image Comics. Is that coming out this week? That is coming out this week. Awesome. Possum It Girl and the Atomics, 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 Atomics. It is no secret to anyone who's ever actually read what I do on the website. And if you haven't read it, well, you're probably one of the lucky ones. No, wait, that's not right. Major Spoilers is awesome. But It Girl and the Atomics is uh, the work of Mike Elred, who is one of my super awesome, super favorite, favorite, favorites. Love me some Elred. And... It Girl, while not drawn or written by Alred, still contains his concepts and the world that he built around Mad Men, the world of Snap City, which just sounds so awesome. 
Everything in this book just sounds awesome. It's the story of It Girl, who used to be a radioactive beatnik, but is now a superhero. And in this issue, It Girl somehow is in the middle of... It's it's kind of a, a Thomas Crown affair thing involving the work of one Professor Osamu, which, by the way, is the first name of the creator of Astro Boy, or maybe the last name of the creator of Astro Boy. Yeah, I don't know if it's Osamu Tezuka or is it Tezuka okay. Osamu. I don't know. When it comes to that, some people are obnoxious and make sure that they reverse it, and some people don't, and right. it confuses and frightens me. Either way, she is in the process of trying to track down this mysterious thing that is stolen from the lab of the Dr. Gillespie Flem, who, by the way, it's just fun to say the characters' names. Dr. Gillespie Flem. I don't know what Gillespie Flem is, but it sounds painful. <laughs> in I had my case, Gillespie remo- removed a couple of years ago, so I don't have to worry about that kind say, of Isn't that why anymore. Rodrigo missed a couple of shows? <laughs> <laughs> he had an inflamed Gillespie. <laughs> His <laughs> cheeks puffed out. He was playing the trumpet. <laughs> uh, I think you're thinking of Neil Armstrong. But in any case... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I cracked myself up. She ends up... Crossing swords with a group of teenage, I'm not sure if I'd call them secret agents or technological spies. They're all about 12 and they're hysterical. One of them is pretending to be French and insists that her name is Marie and not Mary. And throughout the issue, they end up finding out that her contact with the mysterious agency that hired her may or may not be a villain. And the guy behind the whole thing may or may not be a 650-year-old French count. And the whole thing may or may not go straight to hell at the end. And we get a a lovely cliffhanger where it turns out that the Aztecs were correct. But 2012 was not the end of the world. It was just the end of magic. Which I think is a really cool throwaway concept. It's the equivalent of saying, no, really, it's bigger on the inside. And then making the show about something different than that once-in-a-lifetime bolt from the blue brilliant light bulb over the head moment. And then we end with this really, really cool kind of dun-dun-dun. But the interior art is very manga-esque with, you know, the, the enhanced expressions and the, the eyes and the big mouths. And at one point, you have somebody who actually has an expression just as straight out of a manga, which, when you add that together with the Astro Boy references, makes it clear that we are, in fact, making a deliberate reference to Osama Tezuka. I really enjoy this issue. This is a good weird issue featuring a weird superhero who's also very pretty the cover is gorgeous the last page is actually a preview of next month's cover which is even more gorgeous all in all though this is something i'm kind of sad because i believe it girl is ending with issue 12 in a month or two but this issue is really really a great read it's a really fun book it's a really neat little side book that probably nobody is reading which may be why it's ending in a couple months Four and a half slices of meatloaf for It Girl, even without Al Red Art in the interior. Well, I mean, I don't think it's numbers that would cause it to go away because it is creator-owned over at Image. So as long as the creator wants to continue to publish it, it could continue. <laughs> so That's a good point. I wonder yeah. if it's just... Maybe it ends does have a tendency to end arcs. Yeah. Because yeah. Madman and the Atomics just kind of come and go, and when he runs out of ideas, they just stop. Yep. Cool. All right, let us uh, swing over to Boom Studios this Boom. week. Boom! And check out regular Kaboom. show number one. This is the uh, the Blue Jay and the uh, Beaver, right? Uh, I think it's a raccoon. Oh, raccoon. He's an otter. Okay. 
He's an otter. An otter? Yeah, I think he's a raccoon. It's a nutria. Yeah, he's a nutria. A marsupial of some kind. actually a, a heron, a blue heron. I've never seen regular show. Why are you even listening to me? I'm over 20. Wait. I'm over 20. Listening to you. <laughs> You're barely over 20. But I'm still over 20. And yeah, that are was you? the point. Yes. Anyway, regular show number you know who one. Comfort and Sons are. Yeah. You can't be over 20. But do you uh, know their names? Marcus. And Marcus Mumford? Pete. Pete Mumford? And no, Pete Beckenstock. Pete, Pete's son. And, uh, and uh, Charlie Tre- Mumford. Trevor, Trevor uh, Rayner. Mm-hmm. He's a tre- Trevor Rayner son. Uh, he's, yeah, he doesn't sound as good. You can't call it Mumford and Sons unless they have. Sure, you can. One is they are his the sons. They're actually from the future. Well, you know, the white stripes don't really have stripes. Well, you have know, you ever seen any of their clothes? Ben folds uh, five, actually, was I, only I, three guys. No. So. That's true, and they never folded anything. <laughs> the Beatles were never Beatles. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why am I just finding this out now? The Beatles were not arthropods at all. Spoiler alert. Uh, uh, sorry. Primates. I thought everyone God. had seen that video. Anyway, please, regular show number one. Bats Domino was actually quite svelte. Uh, regular show number one. So I reviewed Adventure Time number something a couple Four. weeks ago, and I think it was 15. Um, and I enjoyed it so enough I started watching this show, and so when I saw the solicits for regular show number one coming out this week, I was like, hey, maybe this will be another show that I'll enjoy after reading the comic. But probably not going to watch this. Um, the comic, I feel, it <laughs> caters to people who've seen the show because I still enjoyed Adventure Time, even though it was crazy and you didn't need to... But this seems like really character-driven from the show and that you need to understand them more to get all the humor. But essentially what happens in this comic is there's a concert happening in a park. Uh, it's not Mumford and Son, if you're wondering. And stuff happens, and uh, the raccoon person eats a hot dog, and that's it's laced with acid. No, it's just on the ground, and they have a conversation about how that's weird. Is is it Oliver North and the Magnetic Zeros? Uh, you mean Edward Sharp and the Magnificent Zeros? But no. <laughs> did you just not. butt actually me? I did. You got to follow it by a. First of all, yeah, you butt actually <laughs> wrong. First of all, what? Okay. Anyway, no, Rigby picks up a hot dog and eats it in the park. Yeah, and then this guy. Hold on. Uh, I remember his name. Mordecai. No, Mordecai. I don't. The, the no, some green dude with hair. Oh, I can't remember dude. what his name is. The boob dude Cy, guy? His name is Cy Green Dude. Man, man boob, I think is his name. He's the president of Spatulas. Anyways, he's, so he hates he this music company. that's being played and wants uh, rock music. And so he gets challenged to start a mosh pit where a mosh pit should not be started. And he goes, and they, this, they say the rules of a mosh pit etiquette. And then they start this massive mosh pit. And this mosh pit s- turns evil. Oh, Muscle Man is his name. Muscle Man, that's right. And all the people start going insane with the mosh pit, and this mo- a mosh pit affects the music, and the m- music turns to rock. And it's explained later as everyone in the vicinity starts sinking away that uh, when a mosh pit is started where a mosh pit should not be, it opens up a link between two different genres of music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's they're that's kind of funny. Yeah, no, that's that's, good. that's <laughs> actually really good. And they're sur- submerging into this hole, and then they have they decide they have to go save them. 
And so that that's about an 18-page story, and then there's another uh, probably four-page story at the end about them going on some crazy roller coaster that is scary. That's me. That, that's really what that the back the issue story is. Why do I feel like I just heard a knock-knock joke from a five-year-old for the past seven minutes? Knock-knock. Who's there? Uh, uh, banana. Hey, Zach. This is the best knock knock joke ever. Okay, you ready? Okay, yep. You start. Knock knock. Who's there? Pete. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Anyway. <laughs> Pete um, Winston Fallout Boy. Yeah, they started again. Um, Why do I know so much of this crap music that you listen to? I don't, I don't know. know. But and yet you know nothing of the <laughs> crap music that Matthew listens to. <laughs> yeah. So like a two day two day street, monkey. Um Well, I missed a week and I can't even talk straightly like none. So it artwork was pretty crazy. Of the show? Artwork from what I've seen of little glimpses of the show between Adventure Time on the on the on the telly looks very similar. I recognize all the characters. Um it's crazy. So I think if you're a fan of regular show, this will probably be enjoyable for you. Now what's with the guy whose head is a candy machine? What's his deal? I have no idea. That's that's his deal. That's just the show, man. There's also a guy that's high five guy. Benson, I think is his name. There's also a Pops who's got a giant head. Yeah. So maybe this isn't for me, but hope maybe it's for you. So if you like regular show, go check this out. Uh, for me, just two and a half slices of meatloaf. Own it, Zach. Don't just be. Uh, yeah, someone, own it. Someone, Two and someone's slices. gonna like it. Someone will like it, but I don't want to. I don't want I don't want to be mean to the things they like. Like Matthew is to me about everything I like. About everything. I'll have, have you know, not just I'm everything not that you like. Everything. About everything. Everything in the world <laughs> that is in. Well, first of all, <laughs> Legion of Superheroes and Power Rangers. He hates. Yes, I hate Power Rangers. Let me tell you something, son. No, you don't. I was on your side until you started siding with Steven and thought it was funny. So now you, <laughs> you, you have marked yourself Zach was on. <laughs> You'll notice that Rodrigo seldom gets on my bad side because he is equilateral in his who's he's, the bigger jackass. He's too busy massaging his temples and I, shaking I, I, his yeah, head. I am. Since I, since I do not have control of this show like I do Critical <laughs> Hit, I just let it slide. <laughs> Even critical hit, you're massaging your no, temple. No, that's true. And critical your hit, head. I basically just have a constant. That's why I'm so focused <laughs> the whole time. It's just that that pain that shoots across my forehead actually makes it but makes, at makes least me. Every focus. once in a while, in critical hit, you get that moment where you say something and you get the greatest moment ever. It's better than that moment yes. where Steven loses everything and Rob is laughing. It's that moment where Rodrigo goes. <laughs> <laughs> that there was. <laughs> Comics out that, next, man. We are so far behind. Comics out no, next week. We are not focused. Comics today. out next week, May twenty second, from uh, Dark Horse Comics. Conan the Barbarian, number sixteen, written by Brian Wood. Uh, Conan and his uh, girlfriend, Belit, Belit, or whatever her name is, the Black uh, Queen. Belit, um, of the Nile. They're uh, hanging out in like a relaxation town, and they're basically inside this uh, sex place where they can go and just have sex. Or whatever that they do. I'm, a lot of naked people running around in this place. Mm. And uh, they're like, oh, man, the wine here is so great. And this guy comes up and goes, hey, man, uh, think the wine's good? Uh, try some of this uh, pure yellow lotus, man. 
And uh, Belit, Belit is like, sure, okay, pop. Conan, join us. It'll be great taking a trip together. So uh, Conan and Belit go on an acid trip. And it's a two, two-parter. So the first part, um, basically what happens on a bad acid trip is you start re- reliving some very bad memories. Mm-hmm. And anything that is guilt inside of you bubbles to the surface. And that's exactly what happens with Conan because now he has to go back and contemplate or he's being – um, he's being, uh, accosted by visions of dead crewmen from the, uh, Black Pearl or whatever the name of the ship was. Um, that's the Black Pearl is the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, Jack Sparrow. The Black, yeah. The Black Freedier. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's just being plagued by visions of this and it's bothering him. And in his vision, he knows that what's happening is a vision and it's because he, he feels this guilt. So on the one hand... Conan does a drug trip. On the other hand, a lot of heavy guilt stuff that goes on in the issue and some bizarreness that goes on the issue. So the art is really good. Um, The story, though, is, I don't know, it's there. It's interesting. Uh, I never, you know, kind of picture Conan as a... uh, as an ecstasy or a acid popper or anything like that, but but he's everything. Conan he's everything. can do anything, yeah, yeah. including acid, <laughs> including acid. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is a story, and that's what happens. And you can go and read because it does have some some very cool bits in it that I think people will uh, get a kick it out of. Sounds pretty awesome. If it you is think about it as the Schwarzenegger. It it is it is to a point. I mean, the the nice thing about what's going on in this particular series right now of Conan is Conan is not the roided out muscle bound dude. You know, he's pretty, I mean, he's a fit big guy, but he's not just like bulging muscles everywhere. Can't wipe his butt kind of situation. He is a muscle man. And so that's real interesting to see, especially in how he moves and how the artist has him move on panel and how he interacts with other people, because he's also not, you know, a seven foot tall, you know, person he is of average of height. And so I think that kind of works in this, in this series as a whole. So overall, this isn't a terrible issue. Um, I think people need to experience for themselves, but I'm going to give this three slices of meatloaf. Go check it out next week from dark horse comics, Conan, the barbarian number 16, which brings us to Mr. Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Hey, what's up? Hey man. Glad to have you back. Oh, thanks. The boys are glad to see you again. Yeah. Did they answer the door? Yeah. Or were they already in bed? No, no. No way. They, no, yeah, no <laughs> way. Too much sugar. Yeah. Zach, they were, and they Zach were, has been here when they've been screaming at the top of their lungs. I'm surprised the youngest one was not screaming tonight. So He had some candy. I think, I think his mom gave him some candy. <laughs> I think he was probably eating goldfish crackers. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of goldfish crackers, let's yes. get to a review. Okay. That makes sense. No, no, yeah. That My transitions sense. are impeccable. Yes. No, no, that was good. His, his transitioning technique is invincible. Um... <laughs> Unassailable. So I read a comic book called Akaneiro Number One. Um, and it is the the premise of it is it's like um, Little Red Riding Hood set in ancient Japan is the pitch. Oh, interesting. It it is so uh, feudal the, Japan or just modern Japan or future yeah, like, Japan? No, 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 like. Early feudal Japan. Okay. Gotcha. Along with all of the mythology that goes along with it. Excellent. Like spirits and so demons and stuff. And, yeah. Okay. So uh, the story revolves around uh, this girl and 
um, as I was reading it, I was like, okay, I can see what they're going for. It's like, but they just kind of find a reason to put a red hood on her. And then she goes through the woods. And I was like, okay, so this is the whole, the only thing that's kind of red riding hood ish about it. But actually, there's like a surprising number of like references and shout outs to what is a really simple and straightforward story. You know, there's nothing much to Little Red Riding Hood. Right, right, right. But in the span of just this first issue, they kind of hit on a lot of, like, surprisingly interesting points. Cool. Um, the art is very interesting. The monsters are really cool looking. Um, you have you kind of have to get used to the way that people look because the characters have, like, gigantic eyeballs. And it is a little off-putting. Until you get used to it. And then it's like, okay, well, giant eyeballs are just a thing mm-hmm. in this universe, I guess. Like giant freaky eyeballs or just like, you know, your typical anime eyeballs? They're not your typical anime eyeballs. And I think that's... Oh, yeah, the, boy. Those are some big eyeballs. Yeah, so it's like 90% of a person's head is like their eyes. Yeah, boy. That is a little uh, off-putting um, at first. Mostly for like the young people, once somebody gets... I think once somebody gets to be about 30 years old, their eyes shrink <laughs> significantly. <laughs> So, I don't know. It's it's an interesting look. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just something that you need to get used to. It's very mm-hmm, stylized. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, uh, let's see. Art is good. Story's interesting. I'm I'm into it. I think that it does it does a good job of being its own story while simultaneously being like, yeah, a little Red Riding Hood. Um, I'm glad it's not a, a Wizard of Oz riff. Because those come out every three seconds nowadays, right? right. So uh, I'll give it, I'll give it three and a half slices of meatloaf. It was just gonna be three, but then I remember that there were rabbit demons in it. Oh yeah, those things are pretty creepy. Yeah, three eyes and all. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, this is pretty creepy. Yeah, it's I a mean, cool. It's a cool. Creepy book. in the in the tail and creepy in. Not the art is bad, but the art. Yeah, it's just it's like it describing yes, it kind is. of yeah in a good stuff. way. Yeah, in a yeah. good way. No, exactly absolutely. what it's supposed to be. All right, listeners, you can head over to majorspoilers.com. You can check out uh, a lot of reviews over there from all of our fine writers at Major Spoilers. And if you're looking for a book to read this week, might I suggest you go check out the Major Spoilers staff picks every Tuesday. The uh, members of the staff uh, run down some of the books that they are worth uh, that they think are worth checking out this week. Rodrigo, what's one of the ones that you had on your list this week? Uh, what it, I had like. Dream Thief. Dream Thief, which mm-hmm. is Theater. which I um yes Dream Machine. Dream, Dream Machine <laughs> yes. is another one. Um, what you have on your Dream, Zach? Dream of the Blue Dream Turtles. Thief. Dream Thief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Matthew? Did you have Dream Thief on your list? No. All right. So oh, there you no, go. We don't have the technology. Two for Dream Thief and one for no. <laughs> we can't. The site can't <laughs> handle that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, while you're over there at Major Spoilers, maybe you have a thought of, oh, I forgot to go buy my. Uh, my new uh, Lego set that spoils everything about Superman. Oh, no. Or maybe you thought, oh, I forgot to go buy the uh, the Peanuts book, 1952-1952, for the discussion this week. Or maybe you forgot to go pick up the Manchurian Candidate on Blu-ray for the discussion this week of Zach on Film. All you need to do is click on that Amazon link right there at the top of the page, top right corner, unless you're on your iPad, in which case it's at the very bottom of the page. Um, don't ask me why the, the resizing doesn't work. It's coded to work that way. I don't know why it doesn't on the iPad, but click on that Amazon link, order away, order as much as you can. A little bit comes our way. And again, all these little things that everyone does to help us move forward with our endeavors, uh, help out tremendously. All right. 
I think we need to do a little bit of congratulations to somebody here in the uh, in the room, Rodrigo. Oh, really? Yep. Zach is now 21. What? Woo! Yep. Which means he's legal to drink. Mm-hmm. Also means it's time for him to get the hell out of the house and get a job. That's right. Because this week, oh, my young parents, Zach- My parents kicked me out years ago. Young Zach graduates from college this week. He will join the something, something. I don't know. I think we're graduating uh, close to three thousand people this this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just who are going to be here mm-hmm. on campus. Right. Um, Several so, of them are now in their new jobs as spies. Some of them are, uh, in fact, um, a lot of people working in networking and computers and cybersecurity from our department. Dun, so. dun, I dun, tell dun. all those people every day. I think everything they do is illegal because <laughs> of the way they talk. It's like, oh yeah, we did this hacking, and we're like, oh, yeah, I think everything you're doing is illegal. It's called white hat hacking. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's there to be good. <laughs> not from what they talk about. Probably not. <laughs> I would imagine because yeah, they, they have they have a, they they have a smaller they black a hat underneath their white because hat. Because I have to cover my ears and say I'm not listening. Because <laughs> if I do, I have to report you. But young Zach, they you're graduating with your bachelor's, although yes. you still have an incomplete uh, in one of my classes. So what? Yeah. <laughs> Is it the class involving uh, the want list? Yes. Yeah. Ah. Uh-huh. 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 So uh, Zach may not graduate argument. cum laude after all. Oh no. Uh, what are you going to no. graduate? Are you going to graduate with uh, high honors or anything like that? I don't know. What do I have to get? Three or higher. <laughs> oh yeah. Will you? He's yeah. going to graduate right. with what's your GPA? Three six. Yeah. So you'll get a. Magna get, cum, you'll, you'll get, get, a, get a, a bar of gold. Yeah, yeah you'll you will get a rope. You'll get a <laughs> magna magna cum laude is what you should really with. So, yeah. congratulations! Yeah, my parents will be proud of me. Yeah, should be. Uh, and then, of course, if you had a four you'd have a summa cum laude. So, if I was a four I wouldn't be here right now because I'd Why probably be that? studying. No, you wouldn't. You'd be skiing. Well, if I was a, if I, to get a four I have to spend every day studying. No, no. But I, who like would want to do that? Exactly. No one. Two years. I graduated from college. Good job. <laughs> that's that's about all I can say. And that brings us to this <laughs> week's poll of the week. It's time. Yes. Hey, that works it? better if I wait until you say something. I know. Like, that's weird. I like it when you. It's time. Don't pick up on the hint. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've decided okay. To stop so either <laughs> either Zach is really clueless or Matthew is really clueless on this. So what? Hmm? <laughs> What's happening? Is there a, is there an all of the above? <laughs> There's a show. You're the only one who can hear all three of us. Poll of the week time. Poll of the week, 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 week. So you can, everyone can go over to Major Spoilers yeah. and see Young Zach. I was really surprised when I went to the site today. I was like, hey, what's this? Yeah, that, that happens a lot. I was like, hey. I remember, I remember the first time. Your, uh, <laughs> yeah, the first time Stephen went and found a picture of me and threw it on the site. I was like, it's a, it it's your, a rite of passage. Uh, your, yeah, my naturalization thing. So that's a big yeah. proud moment. You should be happy about that. So Yeah, yeah so, there are no well, pictures of me also, on the site. this is a public picture that you posted on your Facebook page. Yeah, I know. Page, so I, I understand. Like, you didn't, like, sure. steal and it since from I, some Since I follow you on your Facebook page. You stalked Oh, hey, look. You missed my great caption for that picture. Yes, uh, Zach's uh, caption for this picture was, I'm wearing a cardigan under this. No, my caption for that oh, picture was, was... I'm also wearing hipster shoes across the stage this week. No, weekend. my original caption for this picture was, Thug Life. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sure it wasn't uh, puffy vest and no socks? There you go. Yeah. So, question this week, and really, it's just out there because we want to uh, celebrate Zach and all of his greatness. Uh, what is your highest level of education? Zach, you're already getting the bachelor's degree. You're yes. going to go and get the master's? No. Why not? Because... 
There's no I money in it. No, can we? I even get a master's in my degree? Yes. Yes. Probably don't want to do it's it. A it's a master of science, though, isn't it? Yes, master of science. Bachelor master of, arts, of science. <laughs> uh, he could be master, a master of arts. I mean, a lot of our the lot of a lot of our media studies students go and do master of uh, fine arts. Mm. So you could go over and get that. That would make you an MFer. Yep. Well, that'd you'd be have fun. you'd have an MFA. Huh. That almost that makes would, it worth it. That would be fun. No, it really doesn't. Wait, no, I don't are you do it. are you graduating as a bachelor of science? Yes, because he didn't do the f- foreign language requirement. So you can yeah, you can that. be a BS or an MFer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> What about you, Rodrigo? Um, I graduated as a Bachelor of Science, and that's all I got. Okay. Uh, Matthew, what about you? According to an old friend of mine who has access to the records at my <laughs> university, <laughs> I, I was uh, six credits shy of my master's you degree. You must have been talking to somebody else, because I don't know how many. I thought you graduated with a master's degree. Yeah, a lot of people do. Um, no, I did. I, why are you giving me the finger, woman? I don't even oh, know why she gave me the finger. First time your wife found out that you don't have a master's degree? Yeah, oh, now I'm divorced. Oh. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, I do have a bachelor's degree, and I did uh, two years of master's studies, which really boiled down to, boy, I'm not ready to go look for a real job yet. Yeah. That's kind of how so, I was. That's kind of how I was because I was getting the end of my bachelor's and I was just like, what do I, do I now? really don't want to go look for a job yet because I think there's more I could learn. So uh, I went with the master's route and uh, got that in two years. And that actually did help me out a little bit more when I went to go move to Atlanta and get a job. So mm-hmm. um, did help. Um, our terminal degree at our department is a master's degree. That's why I can teach there. Um, but everybody's like, uh, Dr. Schleicher, uh, Dr. Schleicher. I'm like, don't call me a doctor. Although I've, the first year, that, the first year that I was in the chair position, I was like, uh, correcting people. No, 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 no. Just Mr. Just Mr. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, whatever. If you want to call me Dr. Schleicher, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Dr. Schleicher. Um, it's got a nice sound. But everyone's like, well, why would, don't you want to go for doctor? And it's like, no, not in this degree. Not in this field. Yeah. Right. Uh, because it's Dr. just. Dr. Algernop Schleicher. I, I don't do want to do? just teach and write academic papers for the rest mm-hmm. of my life so it's just like nah no need to go for the doc- doctorate so um that's kind of where we sit uh, mm-hmm. but i was curious as to what where everyone else sat uh, sometimes it's we'll ask these question. questions it's a weird question it is a little bit of a weird question eh, i mean depends on what you what you're doing because i think i don't know if it was on that um critical hit um wizard pole critical. was mm-hmm. your highest uh education attained well i think may have been one of the questions on that maybe um but I think it's fascinating to just find out some of this information. And again, we're not going down to one of our uh, people who commented, JKMD, who says that he does have the, the MD. Um, but, um, but I think it's fascinating to then line that up with other data that we've collected over the years, such as our primary age range are people between 25 and 35, which most people in that age range either have the bachelor's or the master's. Mm-hmm. You can kind of compare that with income levels that people report, and you can see where things line up. And then you can also compare that with data that people report on how much they spend. We can then also take a broad look at where all of our listeners come from and start to play some interesting data there. We are beloved in Finland and in Sweden. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So, Matthew, how did other people comment this week? Right now I'm looking at about 125 votes, 43% saying that they have at least a bachelor's degree. Or about half. About half, not quite half, in fact. 15% saying a master's degree, 16 associate's degree. So that kind of, you know, it kind of bell curves. It bell curves, and that's what mm-hmm. I expected it to do. I and then other, most we actually seem to have a degree. couple of MDs and PhDs yeah. mm-hmm. and RGBs. 
an yeah. LMNOP. CMYK. CMYK. I think the, uh, <laughs> an MGD. I think the five, the 5% that have the other are people that have, like, technical degrees mm-hmm. uh, type stuff. So, like, from the CBS School of I have Broadcasting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. I have this thing that I got from the Reverend Sung Young Moon that, uh, you know, technically it's a degree. It got yeah. me my job. Just don't tell So him. there you go. Go ahead and share your <laughs> thoughts. I find it fascinating. It does follow that bell curve. And I figured majority and of the people would have that And we're certainly not recording this for, for future reference. Why not? Whoa. <laughs> um, well, we are recording this So show. once again, congratulations, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. On your achievement. Thank you. Yes. You are um, right there with 42% of the rest of our audience. Is that a dorm picture? It's nice to... Uh, no, I was in someone's office. Okay. Whose office? Not mine. One of my, one of my friends. Hey, is your office the old newsroom? Yes. Okay. That used to be the newsroom? Yes. That's tiny. Yes. Yes. Uh, That building is tiny. Well, yeah, that dying building is tiny, but his room is Hey, Zach, you know what? We're getting a new building. I know. And you don't get to come in and be a part of it. (laughs) I'm going to come visit. You can come in I'm going to come back and do those last six credits for my master's degree so I can see the new building. Yeah. And you can do it in the new building. You yeah, can move nice. back into New Agnew. Uh, yeah, it's, in, no, yeah, it's called New Agnew. Yep, yep. That's what it's... What? Well, it's not called New Agnew, oh. but it's simply called it's, Agnew. It's Ag uh, hyphen New. Although it depends on which building you could be in, because the other uh, dorm it, is, it will is never be the same. being called Jack I mean, Heather. Yeah. So, First of all, original Agnew is gone, and I'm fine with that, but it will never be the same because, A, I will never get to make out with 19-year-old girls in New Agnew. That's true. So, you know. Andy never made out with 19-year-old girls in Old Agnew. <laughs> Shut up, Stephen. <laughs> and the truth comes out. Let's take a quick break. Let's listen to a couple of reviews, and then when we jump back, Peanuts, 1950 to 1952. Hey, Major Spoilers crew and listeners, it's Adam again. If I don't sound quite so crappy, it's because I recorded an MP3 this time. And if I sound crappier, well, it's because you can hear me better. Since I've been reviewing these webcomics for the podcast, which no one has asked me to do, but hey, no one's asked me to stop either, I decided to start checking out some new webcomics that I don't currently read. Now, I read 12 to 15 on a regular basis through my RSS feed, but that's going to run out soon, so I thought I'd better get started on something new. And that's how I discovered this gem. It's called Trip. And that's it, just Trip with two Ps. That's the name of the lead character, so don't start thinking it's about an acid trip. Except it's about an acid trip. The aptly named Trip borrowed a stamp from his roommate and is now on an acid trip that never ends. This leads him to believe that he's getting visited by the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe until we find out he really is getting visited by the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe. There's there's some funny romancy stuff, which apparently I like in my webcomics, like No Pink Ponies. It avoids the stupid stuff that makes me hate romantic comedy movies. It also has a strong sci-fi element um, as Trip, Poe, and other really fun cast members battle aliens in a major story arc. This comic is wonderful. Now, the art did bug me at first, and then I thought I'd gotten over it about 30 strips in, so I went back and checked. It's just that the art, which started out a little bit rough for me, now, mind you, again, I read a whole lot of webcomics, so, and for me, art's a big deal, so I'm used to a certain style, a certain amount of polish. About 30 strips in, this guy hit his, hit his stride, and set a real tone for this comic that really works for it. And it, it is a really good setup for it. It works really well. 
Um, it, it wasn't bad or anything to start with, so you know you're going to probably go look at it now and think, "What is Adam talking about?" It wasn't bad. It just wasn't polished yet. Get 30 strips in, get 50 strips in, and then go back and look at the first one, and you'll notice the difference. It, it gets noticeably better. The best part about this comic is the writing. It not only handles the characters well, but it's made me laugh out loud with ridiculous regularity. It's brilliantly done. I've given some lesser scores recently, but Trip is four and a half stars easily. You need to check out this comic at tripcomic.com. Remember, that's two Ps. I need to start a list of must-read webcomics, even if you don't read webcomics. And if I do, No Pink Ponies and Trip will be at the top of that list. And quickly, while we're on the topic, if you like your comics on Comixology instead of on the web, I just noticed that the first issue of No Pink Ponies is free on Comixology, so there's no reason to avoid checking out one of the best webcomics out there. Thanks, guys. Hi, Major Spoilers. It's Pierce calling from Vancouver, Canada. I just wanted to phone in and um, sort of do a mini-review of a comic that I hadn't seen covered so far on Major Spoilers. Uh, it is called The Private Eye by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin. And it's something uh, a little bit unique because they've done... Uh, it's digital only, and there's no plans to release a print version of it. So, But what is interesting is they've gone pay whatever you want. You can pay nothing, or you could pay as much as you want, and you get a totally DRM-free look on any device uh, copy, and, well, that's cool enough, but to get into the comic itself, holy moly, it is amazing. Um, I was, I've never been a huge fan of Marcos Martin, but for some reason... And I guess going back to what you guys talked about on the uh, Maltese Falcon Zacon film, uh, it is very much like a noir story set in the near future, and a lot of the contrast that uh, Marcos Martin uses really makes that stuff pop in that sort of noir fashion. Um, it follows the story of where basically the Internet collapses and everybody's personal information gets released to everybody, and uh, so now there's all these laws protecting privacy. And I don't want to spoil too much because I really think everybody should go and read it. Um, it's uh, The website you can get it from is called panelsyndicate.com. And it's, yeah, I'm stammering now because I just, I, I read the first two issues and uh, holy cow, I can't wait for the next one. I personally put down... Um, Ten bucks, five put five bucks down for each issue, uh, just because I wanted to support the uh, the project itself and just the idea of this digital uh, distribution model. Um, one cool little uh, quirky thing about it is in uh, the eponymous character. Uh, we we don't know his real name. He goes by P.I. or Patrick Immelman. Uh, on his door. Uh, it's got the symbol for pie. It's all these really nice, cool little touches. But in his office, he actually has a, a poster of the Maltese Falcon. So, as you guys talk about on Zach on Film, the uh, one of the first noir movies ever made. Um, so I just wanted to share that. I give it. Oh, I don't want to give it a meatloaf rating. It just just go read it. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, hope you guys like it. Talk to you later.
Thank you so much for everyone for calling in or sending in your uh, stuff. If you do want to send an MP3 file, make sure it's not over two minutes, two and a half minutes. Make sure that it's a file size that's large enough to go through the email and send it to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Or if you want to do um, like our private eye review, you can give us a call at our Major Spoilers hotline. Matthew, that number is... 785-727-1939. The Major Spoilers. Make sure it's not an MP4 hotline. Uh, MP4 we could probably deal with, but I don't. Uh, the ones that really are terrible are the M4As. M4As. Because uh, I have to convert them because it won't read it. So, And then the loss on those things. No is M4Vs either. No, 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 uh, no real audio files either. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You guys, Rodrigo and Zach, don't get the real audio reference. Never mind. It's a joke. Too, uh, I was, too, too young. I was I just zoning out. I was playing solitaire. <sighs> you should have. I told you to take the games off his computer. <laughs> He's Last probably playing week, that, uh, what is it, that Candy Crush game? Candy that, Crush. No. no, I don't play Candy See, Crush. See, we're, we're going to do um, the Manchurian Candidate for the next Zach on film. Oh, yeah, so so Zach is trying to learn to play Solitaire. Zach, why don't He's you play a game of Solitaire? That was a future reference. Yeah, there's a future reference for you. Coming out this Friday, Majorspoilers.com. Also, if you want to hear this show in its uh, best quality possible, might I suggest you go pick up a pair of tweaked audio headphones from our friends at tweakedaudio.com. Plenty of colors, plenty of styles, plenty of options, including a microphone option so that you can answer that phone while you're out jogging in your uh, in your uh, velvet uh, velour suit. Um, really cool stuff. Noise reduction design, compatible with iPods, iPhones, Android devices, all MP3 players, maybe even a few real audio players if you still have one of those. Retail price generally for these, $19.95 to $34.95, but guess what? On checkout, if you use the code MAJOR, you get 33% off of that price. That's all over yeah. at tweakedaudio.com. Good old Charlie Brown. Yep, good old Charlie Brown. Yep, there goes Charlie Brown. I hate that guy. <laughs> that, to be honest, is my favorite peanut strip of all time. That's brilliant. The that very is, first just quietly brilliant. The that very first fun. appearance of Sherman and Patty and Charlie Shermie. Brown. Or Shermie, yeah. Shermie. Um man, that was the that best. That even predates the shirt. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, yeah. That uh it's all downhill from there. It's not all downhill. <laughs> the strip is good till like 1967. Yeah, 1960 maybe 1954 uh-huh. really. You, no, there's still a lot of great stuff to come. So uh, this week, last week, we took a look at the, the first uh, year, was the first two years of Bloom County? Yes. Um, yeah, like which that. really was looking for and has um, spoken there uh, last week about the creator trying to find his voice and, and things that he messed up on and things that he was doing. Uh, this week, we're kind of doing the same thing with, uh, with Peanuts. We're taking a look at the first appearance of Charlie Brown and his gang. And really, when we look at this fir- these first two years... For the first year, it's basically Sherman or Shermie, mm-hmm. uh, Patty, and Charlie Brown and Snoopy, and that's mm-hmm. it for the strip. And it's just those four characters again and again and again and again and again. And yeah. then later we get uh, introduced to Violet, another love interest for Charlie Brown. You kind of got a Betty and Veronica thing going on with Patty and uh, uh, Violet. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, then we get introduced to uh, Schroeder, and then we get introduced to... Um, Oh, I forget. Maybe Lucy comes next because yeah, Linus so. isn't Linus isn't born yet. And and what's really great about as we're looking at this evolution of the characters, not only is is uh, Schultz finding what is important to him and how to express a story, but we're also mm-hmm. seeing these characters age. They age up to a point to I'm guessing high school age um, by the time the series is over. 
because, you know, Charlie Brown, Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown, he's out uh, driving a car past the Kremlin or something. So he's got to be old enough to drive. What? Um, yeah, go back and go back and look at it. Um, Charlie Brown's driving a car. Um, but well, let's say middle school, at least, uh, is what they age to. Yeah. But here we see them as really young kids. I mean, at one point it is referenced that Charlie Brown is four years old. And that makes Schroeder, when he appears and starts playing the piano, yeah, uh, even younger, two years mm-hmm. old or so. Um, yeah, because he's learning to talk. So In he fact, can't even form words, really. Yeah, because at one point he uh, goes up to Charlie Brown, much like my youngest would go up to his brother and go, read, book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, you know later when it comes out to start pronouncing uh, Beethoven and, and <laughs> Schuler or all these other great people that, uh, Schubert. Yeah. Schroeder appreciates it comes out in perfect, uh, German, you know, uh, which is kind of, are nice you sure to that's see. Beethoven? Jawohl. Yeah. Jawohl. Yeah. Um, so it's, so it's fascinating to see the characters that young when again, most of the time through most of our lives, we have seen the peanuts characters older. You know, what's right. shocking about this volume that what's I did that? not know. What's that? Snoopy is Shermie's puppy. Yes. He is not Charlie Brown's dog in these, these volumes. He is, in the first year, he's clearly Shermie's dog. Yeah. Or and that is did you take scary. it as, as Shermie's dog? I mean, do we see Shermie feeding him at all? Yeah. Uh, we see that there's a one-strip gag where uh, Shermie's sitting at the table and, and Snoopy's on the table looking at him. And eventually, Shermie gets so annoyed that he goes under the table to eat, so Snoopy's mm-hmm. not looking at him. Um, and Charlie Brown comes to Shermie's house, oh, okay. where, where Snoopy is at yeah. least once. So I didn't know if he was like the neighborhood dog. Mm. Well, that's yeah. a possibility as well. You know, kind of going along there, with our There is a strip and, where Charlie Brown is like watching TV and Snoopy's like bothering him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, would he be alone watching TV in Shermie's house? hard to say i think he's just a neighborhood dog that everybody could be in those first few appearances i definitely got the oh yeah yeah yeah. no 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 i mean it could be and i think that's probably one of the biggest problems as the strip is is growing is that there is not a clear continuity set i mean there's a lot of flip-flopping between you know what's going on uh, back and forth and it is and i mean it is good um but i mean if, if that's really something you know who owns snoopy um, yeah. if that's a big hang-up for you, then you probably don't want to Well, I mean, and, and even stuff like the characters' opinions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, like, especially about Charlie Brown. It's like, yeah. in one strip, it's hilarious because they hate him, and then mm-hmm. another strip, in order, in order to set up the joke, they have to be like, oh, Charlie Brown, I'm so glad you came. Yeah, I yeah. would have done something mm-hmm. punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah. so Patty, it's, Patty has a crush on him a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, if you think of kids that age, right? Mm-hmm. Don't they always have a crush? Or you, you love know, them at, one, at one point, Violet comes in and says, "Charlie Brown, get out of my house! I don't want to see you in my house." Third panel, Charlie Brown is. Um, I just realized I can't be at home by myself. Oh well, why don't you come in and eat dinner with us then? You know, and suddenly she just flips back right. around and it's like, "Oh, welcome!" And the same way she's like, "Oh, let's, uh, Charlie Brown, what are you doing here? How dare you be here? You want to play dominoes?" You know, it's that kind yeah. of stuff mm-hmm. that, that goes on in the piece that, that is that innocent childlike behavior. Yeah. And the, the, we talked about this briefly. The thing that I love most about this that is missing from later Peanuts mm-hmm. is the viciousness inherent in children. Yeah. yeah. The, and that's the hateful, the meanness and the meanness as punchline. Yes. In some of these strips is just wonderful. And I know and, that sounds terrible because they're five year olds abusing each other, but right. it's hysterical. No, and 
I have younger siblings, much younger, and I've watched them grow up, and they can be sweet and innocent, but they sometimes like it with their friends. They'll be sweet, and then they will just beat the living crap out of each other, or just horrible yeah. to each other. You, you should so hang around my, my kids, because oh. at, at one moment, you know, I'll tell the, the oldest, hey, go to timeout for being bad, and he's over there being all sad and crying a little yeah. bit. And the youngest will come over and give him a hug and pat him on the head <laughs> and then sit down and do timeout with him. And then five minutes later, the youngest one is beating the crap out of the older one. (laughs) And it's just like, okay, you kids. One of the running gags is Charlie Brown being mean to Patty. Yeah. And getting chased away. And he's like, I get my laughs in where I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, that is the thing, too. Charlie Brown doesn't come off in in these early years as the loser. I mean, Mm -hmm, he has just as much luck as any of the other characters. He's got a girl or two girls that are kind of into him. Um, they've got, um, uh, but then at the same time, they're mean to each other, really mean to each other. And I think that's what I kind of like about these early years is they're not the saccharine, uh, stuff that we get in, in years later where it's just like, Oh, really? Oh, he's going out to feed Snoopy a bowl of food and Snoopy's dancing on the doghouse for six panels. And then Charlie Brown says, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. You know, that's. You know, that's what Peanuts eventually became. And I know Scott Kurtz would just be jumping all over my case about that statement, but it's true. The early Peanuts stuff is vicious, and it's mean, and it's funny. It's less, it's less consistent, yeah. but it's also less predictable. Right. And the, mm-hmm. the thing about this is the laughs that you eventually get in the 60s and even into the 70s and the early 80s that I really, you know, there are still laughs to be had. There, there may be stronger laughs in the later material, but it kind of feels like this is, this is unpredictable. This is weird right. proto-peanuts where Charlie Brown can be the hero and the girl can be into him and Shermie somehow ends up being the schmuck. Yeah. Or, you know, the early appearances of Lucy in here are surreal. Oh, yeah, especially with her big eyes. And again, she's yeah. a little kid. And I, I yeah. guess, you know. She's like three and at one point, one of her early appearances, she's like standing in, in a crib and she's like, Daddy, I want to get down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daddy, I want to get down. And she climbs out, tries to find him. And he's, yeah, yeah. she's in the hallway going, Daddy, I want to get. Oh, oh, I am yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's. I, well, what, what do you guys, Zach, what do you like about the Peanuts? I mean, I think the Peanuts were done running in newspapers by the time you were born, right? Oh, yeah. 92, I think, was the last Peanuts in the newspapers. Uh, well, I mean, so I, mean, I was one, but I was not reading them. It is interesting going back this far because not, I, not because he couldn't because I just put <laughs> the show yeah, the show. Show. so much better in the early days. I'll just wait for it to be in digital. Oh, the first album, um, <laughs> but you've seen the cartoons, right? Yeah, so I've seen the cartoon. You, you tunes, are aware so. that there is an, a, a device called a television. On the television, they show peanuts. Yes, okay. generally like three times a year. Um. So that's what I knew of Peanuts. So then when I opened that first panel and saw Charlie Brown for the first time, I was like, whoa, they all look different. His shirt's not shirt. It doesn't have the stripe. It have the stripe. It, yeah. And so then I was excited when it finally showed up. Yeah. So this was a different. First time read- you're like, yeah, the yeah. shirt. Yeah. It's a different reading experience than Bloom County because it kind of wasn't like a through line or story as right, like right, Bloom right. County was. And that kind of threw me. And I think for made for a more inconsistent reading, especially in that those like that first year probably, mm-hmm. and that I thought some of them were okay, and then some of them were pretty funny. But it was just interesting watching everyone just be so mean to each other. Mm-hmm. 
You got some dad, Rodrigo? Yeah, I think that um, this is kind of where we start codifying the like insightful kid. Yeah, mm. and trope, and we're going to continue that next and, week with and that, Kevin Hobbs, and that like this is this is where it like starts to click. I think for people, and we will continue seeing this trope forever. But that's right. largely because of peanuts, right? Because Charlie Brown and Shermie and friends do have that kind of like they are just like just slightly more insightful generally mm -hmm. than an actual child their age right. and it makes them incredibly endearing mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of it because it's like and I, I think i've mentioned this before they have you know uh schultz makes a good does a good job of showing someone who is very intelligent for their age but doesn't have the reference material yeah, there's a, to there's make a, that decision there, or to, a, to, to make sense of things there's a strip that it's like all right, Shermie, talk to you later. Okay, Charlie Brown, don't take any nickels, wooden nickels. And also, and they just use all these catchphrases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then as Charlie oh, Brown's it's walking be cold around, this it's, week. Yeah, and Charlie Brown's walking away. It's like, man, that's the most adult conversation I've yeah. ever had. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And again, so. And I mean, and that's, that's like shockingly, that, that's like amazing. That's an amazing right, right. little piece of whatever, because mm -hmm. it's saying children say meaningful things, adults don't. Right. 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 And, but it's funny too. Mm -hmm. So you, you have that going. Uh, there's a. There's a couple other ones that are a, a lot like that or, or you know, in, in, in their own way. And it's just like Charlie Brown and all of these kids are just kind of trying to make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. But the world is complicated and weird and adults make the world complicated and weird. So they're just kind of like reacting. Mm -hmm. right, it's kind of like that thing them. when you're a kid and you're watching a sitcom, everyone starts laughing mm -hmm. and you just laugh. Along because with them. you don't yeah, really know what's happening. That's kind of get the feeling. Of, all like these kids are just repeating all the stuff their uh, their parents are saying, right. right? Right to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and and what's nice is that at this time the creator is just not, you know, he's not holding back, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's refreshing. In fact, and I've run this piece up on the Major Spoilers website um, a number of times, and it's not in this volume. But uh, Charlotte Braun uh, is introduced in uh, the 53 to 54, 55 range. And I guess there was some person who just did not care for that character and wrote to Schultz and said, hey, I, I don't like I don't like Charlotte Braun. I think she's mean and I think she's not appropriate for this or whatever that she went on. I mean, there's the letter that's in the archive somewhere. Uh, but then uh, Schultz wrote back and said, you know what? I'm taking your suggestion regarding Charlotte Braun and will eventually discard her. If she appears anymore, it will be in strips that were already completed before I got your letter or because someone writes in saying that they like her. Remember, however, that you and your friends will have the death of an innocent child on your conscience. Are you prepared to accept such responsibility? And that's a handwritten <laughs> note yeah. that he sent out yeah. to people. So, you know, even then at this time period, he takes his, the subject matter seriously, and he's not trying to please everyone. And he's mm -hmm. okay with having a joke. And this is obviously done as a, as a jokey comment, but a, so many a people- A very really, dark joke. Yeah, a dark yeah. joke comment about you're, you're a kid killer. Um but it it still is in the vein of what's going on in the peanuts at this time, right? And I find that very fascinating for a lot of different reasons. You know, for me in this, like I had only ex ever experienced peanuts plus Great Pumpkin Charlie right, right, Brown right, right, type right, right. stuff, right? Yeah. So 
when I first saw the cover of the was it the complete peanuts yes. and saw what Charlie Brown looked like, I was like, wow, that is like a really awesome take that some other artists probably did on Charlie <laughs> Brown. <laughs> it really essentializes what Charlie Brown is kind of not, which is like an angry little kid. Yeah. And, and then like I actually found out that that's what Charlie Brown <laughs> used to look like, and I yeah. was like, what happened? Yeah. And and so that then we do get to see the evolution of yeah. the art as we go through because in the beginning it's. Very plain art, very plain stylings, mm-hmm. not a lot of detail. But by the time you reach the year and a half later, which is when this first uh, Fanographics volume ends, mm-hmm. we're seeing shading. We're seeing um, more detail in the backgrounds. We're seeing um, the characters develop some of their stylized look, uh, mm-hmm. like the Charlie Brown uh, stripe across his shirt, the the, the wave pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, Luc- we also, Lucy's hairstyle. Is Lucy's kind of hairstyle is there. We start to see some of the, um, uh, what I call them is the Charles Schultz trees appear, both right. both with leaves and without leaves. That kind of stuff appears. And so it's really interesting to see the art evolve. And that's what I like about reading these series in order. Same way with Bloom County. We saw the art evolve from the first strip to the whatever 800th page strip was in that volume. And I like that. On the downside... We also start to see something that really always bothered me about Peanuts is the recycling of jokes. Mm. So that, and again, I understand in a newspaper strip, people aren't reading every single day. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to be picking this up as new syndication uh, outlets come on, new papers come online. But, you know, here you have a joke with Charlie Brown sitting in a chair and someone takes off his shoes and he falls backwards because he's got a giant head. And then a year later, you've got the exact same gag with Lucy where her head is so big she tips over and falls. And it's just like, okay, we're going to see this about 20 more times over the course of, of peanuts. And I can understand that, but I I guess retelling the same old joke again and again and again really starts to wear on, on me. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that. If that's, Uh, I I think it's, well, first of all, I feel like it's a, it's a two part response. Part of it is it's the fifties, right? You know, in in the 1960s, if you read Silver Age action and adventure comics, which I don't necessarily read them, but I have to work with them at work, you'll go through and you'll see every 12, 15 issues, you'll see a premise show up again. Yeah. You'll see it. And the reason for that is because creators at this point in time expected that they were creating for kids. Mm-hmm. And the kid would be five, six, seven, and two years later, your audience will be expected to have completely mm-hmm. turned over. They will have, quote unquote, grown out of it. So you got a whole new audience of kids. But I think also partially it's the nature of the daily gag strip. This really is the beginning of the the daily comic gag strip as we know it. There are strips that have, you know, predated it certainly. And it's not the only thing that shaped what we see today. But I think that even if you look at, you know, say Bloom County, the recurring gags, the recurring bits of you know, when Milo is talking to his grandfather and he makes a remark and the grandfather is like, did you say communist? Right, right, right. Or if you get, you know, even in Calvin and well, Hobbes, that's a, the that's recurring That's a little bit different. I mean, that's a, that's a personality quirk as opposed to a, a sight gag. Same, well, if, the punch, the if it's the punchline, punch then it's, yeah. yeah. And more importantly, you know, it, this is, this is something where we're getting back to that point where this is the first time people are doing this. Right, right, right. Some of this stuff. You know, I, I'm reading this, and I, I got to the first strip where Schroeder mentions Beethoven, and I'm like, ooh, awesome. 
And then you get that first appearance of Linus, and you get the first time Lucy holds the football for Charlie Brown to see where those recurring, repeating, same gags, and in, you know, in, as you said, the same joke in some cases over and over and over. I think to me the process of seeing it evolve even in just these two years. Yeah, and you can see the same way with comedians as their joke evolves, how it starts out in the first album, and then by the time they get to their best of album that they've gone and recorded a new one, you know, right. the, the gag has evolved over the mm-hmm. years. I mean, there even, were 7.30 even words by the time they got to Carlin, he yeah. was doing 20 minutes of material on Yeah, so, you know, Carlin is a perfect example of that in how his routines change over time. So, And like I said, I can, I can appreciate that, and I can understand why it's being done, but it was one of the things that just always bothered me about Peanuts. Oh, Snoopy's dancing again. Well, so much for the Color Sundays this week. You know, that and yet kind of you, stuff. you read 57 weekly web comics. I don't understand that. Actually, I don't anymore. I read okay. maybe three. Because mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest complaints about you know several unnamed web comics is it's the same, not just the same joke, but the same damn thing. You know, insert reference X to that same two guys walking panel, and at the end we have a different kind of thing. So I can definitely see the problem of the repeating gag, but I feel like when you're dealing with something that's designed to be a daily syndicated mm-hmm. strip over yeah. the course again, of you know three years here. Well, it's a year and a half because in, in 50 it started about halfway through. Mm. So that's where we pick up here. So. Zach or Rodrigo, are there things that bothered you or that you didn't like about this volume? I mean, nah, it's a nice volume. Not really. I mean, there are things where that are like non-jokes. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, something cute happened. Yeah. There's yeah. not much to this. But, Snoopy's I mean, walking with a flower on his head. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, or like Snoopy is like interacting with a bird and then something cute happens. You do know? You, do you like that Snoopy doesn't have an internal monologue? Yes, I do like that. Mm-hmm. Eventually, largely because of another highly popular comic strip with an orange cat yes it will become necessary for all animals to have this like hilarious quote-unquote hilarious internal monologue yeah yeah. so it's nice to see that snoopy doesn't good what about you zach are there things that you don't like or would like to have seen different um no mostly what rodrigo said of the the jokes that weren't jokes are just the strips that Really, I thought nothing was really accomplished. It was just, here's four panels of something that happened, and then let's just move on to tomorrow. And so that kind of wore on me for a little bit. And then then, you can watch it develop and how he starts writing the characters and getting on different stuff. So, But just that first couple of months and year were kind of hit some rough spots. But they were always... uh, there's nothing that you want to like, throw it in the trash and say, no, I never want to read this again. There's nothing that was like, oh, a month of nothing. It was always, there was always stuff, and there was always funny stuff happening in between those ones that I didn't enjoy, which made it worth the read. Okay, Matthew, anything with you? Really, no. Um, this is something where, at the very beginning, it starts out a lot more crude and a lot more by the numbers than I ever really expected from Schultz. I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen early stuff, but I've never sat down and read all of these early strips together. And it's fascinating to see where the ideas first show up. Right. You know, where you see, oh, here's Schroeder, and Schroeder's a neighborhood baby. 
Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the gag becomes he's a neighborhood baby who plays, you know, these wonderful sonatas on his toy piano. That I mean, all of that stuff, by the time I was delivering newspapers in the 1980s, this was all set in stone, handed down from antiquity. And they came to be that there was a dog and he was Snoopy. And seeing these in the, in the original form and seeing it all break down, there's really nothing not to like. Right. Because you'll go, oh, that's not a funny gag. And then, oh, whatever, you get to the point. But this is something interesting for me. I've read dribs and drabs of, of Peanuts in different eras. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had some old books. Yeah, that's what my grandparents did, too. I did not too. realize until the 1990s that Linus and his identical baby brother, Rerun, were yes. actually separate characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they got I, the same never, lumpy head and all that stuff. They look almost exactly alike. And you see these early gags with Linus as a baby. Mm-hmm. And you see the later gags with Rerun riding on the back of Mom's bike. Yep. They look identical. Yep. I, it never occurred to me that they had a third brother. That they were rerunning the same gags again. Uh. <laughs> you are so <laughs> cynical. I am, especially about How peanuts. I really am. How can you be cynical I really about am. something But I'm, I'm not about just... this first volume. I really, really like this volume. And this is, again... Uh, we're reading the Fantagraphics um, Complete Peanuts Project. This is the first volume, 1950 to 1952, volume one. You can only get this in North America, but it is a great collection. And they have been putting out volumes uh, in two-year chunks, so 53, 54, and so on and so forth. They are only right now, and you can just pre-order it now, up to their 20th volume of this, 1989 to 1990. Uh, so if you're looking for some... If you're wanting to create a Peanuts archive of your own, this is a nicely bound book. Yeah. It's, it's not your full, you know, it's not an oversized book. It's a nice size book that's going to fit on your shelf. And if you've got 20 of these or probably, let's see, we've got 10 more volume or uh, five more volumes to go on this series to get all the way up to 2000. Um, you're going to have a lot of Peanuts sitting on your shelf. <laughs> and I think if you want to start, then I really recommend this first volume. This is yeah, a this is... even at thirty bucks. It is a good buy, just so you can say, "Hey, kid, you think that uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special is great? Why don't you take a look and see what Charlie mm-hmm. Brown was really about?" Mm-hmm. Um, now, does he hire a letterer, or does he just get better at it? I think he gets better at it. Now, there's a point where, and again, I don't know the complete history of the creator, but at one point, he's getting so old and his hands are so bad that he's starting to bring in his son. To do mm-hmm. a lot of the, uh, some of the work, not all of the work. Probably not the case in 1952. No, 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 no. But by no. the by the end of the volume, he's probably his doing everything. Lettering himself. is so wonderful. Yeah, Z- amazing. Uh, Zach, what about you? Final thoughts. Final thoughts. This was interesting from the perspective of these are the comics that inspired all those movies that we had to watch in elementary school, and now people still want to watch them uh, for holidays. It was interesting to see how the characters started and mainly what they looked like because that was such a big jump from what I was used to for the Peanuts. But overall, for me, this would be kind of just a borrow. I wouldn't be rushing out to buy this big volume of Peanuts. Maybe because I just don't connect with them as much, but I just thought there were gaps in what I considered to be funny material or just enjoyable material that this isn't something I would go spend money on, but it'd be nice to just borrow it and read it sometime. That was still enjoyable for the most part. Each volume is approximately three, 320 pages. 
uh, eight inches by six and a half inches, hardcover format. Very, very nice. Rodrigo, what about you? I think that uh, Peanuts is important. I mean, Peanuts is Americana. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a lot of our like modern American culture either comes from uh, Peanuts or was like boosted through Peanuts as mm-hmm. other things as you know as Schultz was like interacting with things and putting them on the strips this book eventually or this strip had such wide um exposure to Americans that it became an important part of the culture you know it's the great pumpkin and um the Charlie Brown Christmas and all that stuff like Hiding they still they still show that every year yeah um so and this is where peanuts get started so if you like comics and if you want to know where comics come from and what how things get started then you should definitely check this out this is an own if you consider yourself a historian of any sort or if you are interested in kind of like the history of the comic strips um it's weird to see characters that are named the same, but in my mind are actually a lot cooler than the characters yeah, yeah. that they eventually become. Well, what's sad is is going back and watching the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas mm-hmm. and seeing Shermie and Patty are just really kind of off in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're in the, the big dance sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew, what about that, you? Final thoughts? 555 is in the big dance sequence as well. He's my favorite Peanuts character. He has a little sister named Four. And another yeah, so little sister. Go back and three. forth. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, they're twins. Uh, here's the deal. When it comes to Peanuts, when it comes to the Gagaday strip, I am a huge sucker for this stuff. I wanted these books when they came out, but didn't necessarily have the time or energy or money to put into getting them. Because they're not just entertaining as a narrative, and there are moments where ah, it's not particularly funny. Even by the end of this strip, not everybody's in their final form. Snoopy doesn't look like what we know Snoopy to look like until well into the 60s. And I like that. It's like, I don't know, it's kind of like listening to the radio adventures of the Blue Beetle. I know the Blue Beetle from 1986 when I was a kid. And then in the 1940s, oh, this is completely different. But it's still kind of awesome because it's the story of where the character has been. Yeah. I think that everybody needs to at least check these out. I mean, if you're one of those cynical, hateful people who are going to go, well, Peanuts was never funny in the first place. That's fine. That's, that's your thing. You're, you're wrong. But more importantly, you're perfectly you know, within your rights to be wrong and cynical and hateful. I say definitely check it out. And I think that it is an own... I, honestly, I think it's an own for anybody who wants to be entertained. The best part about it is you can take the big book and you can flip it, and the, they look like they're walking. Animation, isn't that cool? I love doing that. <laughs> All right, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Rodrigo, and thank you, uh, new graduate. What's Zach. your name? New graduate, yeah, Zach. The little, the little guy, Zach. Young Zach. That's my name. Young Zach. Zach. He, even when he's middle aged, we're still going to call him Young Zach. Mm. Well, when I'll he's middle aged, we'll be old. Yeah. I'll still be Young Zach. No, wait. What? That wraps it up for this issue. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the Major Spoilers experience. Next week, we're going to talk about another comic strip. This whole month is all about uh, the comic strips. We're going to be looking at another young child who uh, speaks some wise words Mm -hmm. with his stuffed tiger. Or is he a stuffed tiger? Calvin and Hobbes. Next time on the Major Spoilers podcast. Why? 
because we know that you love uh, great philosophers, and we do too, and we'll talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Major Spoilers. Fabulous revision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, and I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. What I really even need to keep up on all those escapades. I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set though Copyright 2013.